Would you call yourself a socialist? Uh, no. You've never told a lie in politics? No, no. See, somebody sent me a video action last Friday and it had you talking at the Socialist New oh, right. yes, yes. Uh, and you mentioned the word comrade uh, about four times in a minute. What was that about? It was a rally and I would have been about 25 years old. Comrade, 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 comrade. If you are caught in a lie or caught intentionally misleading the New Zealand public, how would you expect to be held to account? Well, I actually believe that it is possible to exist in politics without lying. We drum in that messaging around the dangers of COVID pretty diligently for a full two-week period of sustained propaganda. Sustained propaganda. World Economic Forum slaughterhouse where people will be pushed into bankruptcy um, and and have their right to even live on the land. The plan, if you delve far enough into the UN agenda, is to move people into super cities right. and have wilderness zones, human exclusion zones. Hello, welcome along. Grant Edwards from Liberty NZ. With me today is Heather Mary Pennycook from the Agricultural Action Group. Their website, just jot it down, is aag.org. .nz. That's the Agricultural Action Group, and I'm speaking with Heather Mary. Thanks for joining us, Heather Mary. I think I saw you on Counterspin, and I was very impressed. Um, I think I saw um, a, a video of you and Rob. Is Rob your husband or partner? Um, he is my associate at associate. AAG. Right. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And then who else have we got there? You've got Rob and Fred. As, um, so there's just yes. the three of you? The three of us formed AAG, correct? Right, and AAG is Agricultural Action Group, and it's yes. online aag.org.nz, and that's very important yes. for you to go for people to go there. Um, especially, is that for all people? Do you think important for everyone to go there and have a look? There, seeing as you know, farmers are absolutely producers. yes, urban and and rural, and a lot of the legislation that's beginning to come out now will also affect the urban people as well, even the SNA, significant natural areas, a lot of that mapping is now beginning to hit urban people as well. So right. um, because the farmers are first in the sites, it will then move on to the urban people. So it's good to appreciate what's going on and also to do what you can to help protect the food supply of the nation is also Excellent. very important. Um, Heather Mary, we have international listeners. So could you just explain to us what the um, Socialist Labour Government of New Zealand is doing uh, with regard to agriculture in New Zealand? Sure. So um, at the moment, we have um, a majority Labour-led government, but we are of the firm belief that all major political parties are in line with the United Nations global agenda. So New Zealand was one of 192 companies countries that signed up to the UN agenda back in 1992. It does say on the document it's non-binding, but if you check with top legal people, they will tell you even if the contract says non-binding, once you place your signature on it, it becomes binding. Yes, and absolutely. we have, for example, our Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern at the Goalkeepers Conference in New York, sponsored by the Gates in August 2019. She stood up as keynote speaker and proudly told the world that New Zealand was the first in the world to fully implement all the UN agenda items through every part of our legislation. So to tackle these issues in New Zealand, the government I'm proud to leave is doing something not many other countries have tried. We've incorporated the principles of the 2030 agenda, 2030 agenda into our domestic policy making in a way that we hope will drive system level actions. And that was back in August 2019. So what we're seeing now is the outworking of that coming out through multiple levels. But of course, just like Stalin, um, the, the playbook for communist uh, movements is take out the farming community first. They're self-sufficient. They're pretty independent. Quite often they have firearms and they usually have more of a fighting spirit because if you're an urban person and suddenly the power, the water and the food disappears, you're quite easily subdued. You're but if you're yeah. out on the land, you've got a bit more resource and a bit more ability to fight back, I think. So, mm, I mean, for people who are aware of what I'm speaking of, um, They'll be following along. Some people haven't heard very much about the UN agendas, but David Rockefeller, who paid for the people who wrote the UN agendas, um, they stated quite openly, David, in interviews on the internet, you'll find him saying that the UN agendas are based on communist China. So there's absolutely no doubt in my mind and plenty of people here in New Zealand that we are in the midst of a communist move for one 
world government. It seems to be across the board. Now, L- National don't seem to be doing anything much, and ACT seems to be sort of playing the same, you know, singing out of the same hymn book too. Yes, They're going on about free position. speech, but they've, they've, he's turning a blind eye to this type of thing. Absolutely, mm. absolutely. And so they, you say the farmers, they go for the farmers first, and how do they do that? The well, you, dest- you destroy the farmers, you push them off the land. Uh, there's an interesting document, which there is a link to it on our website. It used to be up front on the UN website. Now you have to dig around in the archives to find it. But mm. what it is, is a 351-page complete detailed document of Agenda 21, which has since been um, summarised into Agenda 2030. Most people, when I talk about the UN agendas, they'll think of the 17 Sustainable Development Goals, which is what you'll find in roughly a 60-page document if you go on the front of the UN website. Mm-hmm. Now, that has what sounds like great goals. You know, we'll eradicate world poverty, we'll create equality, we'll... Um, you know, have a sustainable future that protects our environment and our planet. And so that all sounds good to me, but when you get the 351-page detailed document and you read what that really means, you get some rude awakenings. You discover that what is deemed as unsustainable and therefore won't be in our future is private ownership of land, private ownership of motor vehicles, private ownership of anything, roading, irrigation, ski fields, golf clubs, even the family unit is down there is unsustainable and viewed as, you know, they don't want it to be part of their future. So what can be written um, in a quite appealing way in the 17 Sustainable Development Goals, when you drill down into the fine print of where are they actually taking us and what does it mean behind the nice rhetoric, you find out that the plan is not very nice at all. And honestly, looking at communist China with social credits and people completely reliant on the state for their income, um, you know, you, you start to get an inkling of where they're wanting to move us to here in this country, which is pretty outrageous to get your head around if you're a, a Kiwi who's lived here and never really had to deal with communism or mm. um, a lot of the things that European countries and, and other countries in the world have, have dealt with in their not-too-distant past. So it takes a lot of getting your head around, but what we do on our website page is we provide a lot of links and a lot of concrete proof and so that people can go in there, listen to what we say, have what's called cognitive dissonance when you go, that's ridiculous because your mm. brain such yeah. absolute opposite to what you've believed is true. You just push it out and say that's ridiculous. That's why people throw around the label conspiracy theorists because they can't bear to consider that what we're saying could be true. So they we make a point of the questions, up. do they? <laughs> yeah, we back up mm. what we say with links and proofs yeah. so that people can just at their own pace do do your own research, do go in there and look at the links. There's an amazing lady who died quite recently called Rosa Corey. Oh, did K-O-I-R-E. she die? Did she pass away? Yes, about two weeks ago. Good grief. So, yes. So she had done some amazing work, um, a, a litigator in the USA who'd successfully prosecuted many states in America for implementing UN Agenda 21, which is a travesty of human rights. And yeah, so she loss. does. Hi, I'm Rosa Corey with Post Sustainability Institute and Democrats Against UN Agenda 21.com. And I'm also the author of Behind the Green Mask, UN Agenda 21. I'd like to talk with you for a minute here about United Nations Agenda 21 sustainable development and what we're seeing right now, the total unrest, the disruption, the, uh, the, the destruction of our existing nation state. And I want you to know that this is part of the goal of United Nations Agenda 21, Sustainable Development. I love her brilliant little short, you know, 15, 20-minute teachings on the internet, still widely available, where she goes through different sections of the agenda, points out what it means, and sort of opens your eyes to what's really going on, what the big picture is. So Hmm. she's a brilliant way to start getting your head around the agenda. But now, of course, Grant, we've also got the World Economic Forum working in tandem with the UN and pushing um, He's a pretty scary guy, isn't he? I have three major takeaways. First, the World Economic Forum is now very much engaged into this initiative of shaping a great reset for the post-corona era. And of course, uh, the objective of this reset is to make the world more resilient, more sustainable, and also more fair and more inclusive. And uh, to integrate you into this great reset uh, initiative is absolutely essential. 
he's a scary guy and has a he book about like, how they're using the COVID crisis to. He looks like um, Mr. E- Dr. Evil on the. Uh, um, well, yes. James what does Bond that tell movie, us? I know, oh. yeah, but has um, has recently published a book on how they're using the COVID crisis to to create the economic collapse. And What's that, that book called? Between, uh, Heather Mary. Um, now, it's sort of remember? paraphrasing, but it's it's you find it on Amazon if you just um, look up Klaus Schwab and, and the COVID Warburg. crisis and right. world okay. economic collapse. It, it will pop oh. up. I'm sorry, I didn't know the name, but I've got too many bits of info in my head and bits fall out every now and then. Yeah, that's no, good. So that's that's one of them. But you know yeah. he. They are advertising openly on billboards and with millennials doing television adverts in Europe that it's the year 2030, I own nothing, I have absolutely no privacy and I'm happy. And he Mm. talks in his book about how, you know, economic collapse will be foisted upon the world, thank you very much, COVID crisis lockdowns and that countries and individuals will be offered um, forgiveness of debt. At that point, a lot of people will be going bankrupt, but to have your debt forgiven, you sign an agreement agreeing never again to own anything ever. So what the heck is that? Oh, really? You know, it's They'll working your in tandem. Debt if you yes. try not to buy anything ever again. Well, you say that you'll never again own anything. In the um, I think still on our Facebook page, we have a Facebook page as well. There was an ad that I'd posted up there a while ago, the one they're running in Europe, where hmm. um, the girl's there and, and she's in her house and if she feels like eating, you know, a drone drops off food at the door. You don't have a kitchen, you don't own utensils. Um, she said even her, she doesn't even own her clothes, her house isn't hers. So when she goes out in the daytime to do whatever other people use her living room to have meetings in because nobody owns anything, it's just mind-blowing, really. And this is just um, a... A mock-up of 2030 is it sort of like a yes. This a, is this is what mm. they're aiming for and towards. Mm. And of course, we have things like Grant Robertson, uh, Deputy Prime Minister, who in his Magic Talk interview was asked about the Great Economic Reset, and he mm. threw the toys out of the cot and said that was absolutely yeah. ridiculous. And that was and ridiculous. How did he I, did, be asked I heard about that. conspiracy theory and, and yeah, promptly cancelled all He is all a socialist. Interviews. He's a communist from university days. You know. People need to be reminded of that. He certainly is. But you mm. know what the kicker is? In, in 2019, both Grant and Jacinda went across to Davos to the World Economic Forum uh, yearly conference, and it was on the Great Reset. So how can he say he knows nothing about it and it's conspiracy Liar. theory? Yeah. I mean, lies. How much lies and broken promises and blatant harm will we accept from our politicians before the people of this country say enough is enough and rise up and take some action to push back? Mm. And so that's what Agricultural Action Group is all about. Um, Fred, Rob and myself, we actually all happen to stand for election in the last election for Advanced New Zealand or NZPP mm. and um, because none of us had any desire to do so but we were so concerned about where the country was going and that nobody seemed to be um, talking about what was really happening. And so we all got together and um, we're having a bit of a laugh on election night, but we all went, oh, my goodness, you know, nothing's going to change in this country and we can see exactly where this freight train is taking us. What can we do as individuals outside the political system? Because by then we'd learnt enough to see that there is no answer from within the political system. It's entirely corrupt. And so we were like, what can we do um, to stop the disaster that's rushing towards this country and we formed Agriculture Action Group with three aims in mind. One was to inform people, like we've really got to inform people of what's really happening, what's the big picture. Stop fighting small um, small fires and look for the cause. People are looking at the freshwater regulations or um, you know, the, the slope and you have to have a resource consent to plant your paddock or whatever. They're, they're focusing on things which will really impact their farming world in a negative way but we've got to go big picture what's what where's this coming from what is the intent the intent is to eradicate the farming industry in New Zealand pure and simple why do they want to do that because um, communist takeover yeah but you want people reliant on the state look at all the mass media about uh, fake meat fake milk you know you can push you have a biometric printer you can push the button and it'll print you out a cow steak made from one cow cell and a whole lot of chemical Mm. so um you know, the, the move is away. How do you control the people? You control the food. You have starvation. You have people fearful. In India at the moment, I've got a friend whose family is sending her out videos from India, mm-hmm. and um, her family lives there, and the Defence Forces over there are burning crops 
paddocks of crops and burning depots full of food and people are starving. You know, if you want to take over a country, you remove the firearms, you remove the food, you have people starving and fearful, you create as much panic as you can about illness, etc. Um, and you just load in the fear and the lack. So you've got to look back in history, look at Stalin and a, a whole realm of other communist takeovers you've got to destroy the food supply and destroy the people who are most likely to be opposition and that's the rural community so that's who's being targeted first back in the 1980s and 90s there was a fellow called barry smith he was a um a christian preacher and he used to go around different churches and 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 also talk to some some pretty big crowds and he used to say that the reason why they've brought in plant plant variety rights and plant breeders' rights is because you can only get one year's growth out of the vegetable seed and then you have to go back to the seed company to get more and that's why they developed that back in the 70s apparently. And he also said that licensing is 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 the reason why they want licensing, fishing license, gun licenses for shooting and all that sort of thing is because they want to control your food. And um, Absolutely. It really goes against everything in me that a government could control me, that I couldn't go out and fish for my own food and or hunt. Exactly. And that's coming. That's coming. It's closer mm, than you realize. I it is and coming. I meet so many people who who see clearly what's happening, particularly of that older generation. And I say, Oh my gosh, how come you're awake? How come you've seen this coming? And they say, We listen to Barry Smith. Oh, Barry Smith. Yeah, 80s he was or the 70s he? or whatever. Yeah, yeah he was well, way I've, ahead never, of everybody. I've never heard him, but there's a lot of people who are awake today because of what he mm. was saying back then. So he is incredible. Yeah, but, the you revival know, of his old at, videos, actually. People are watching his old videos. That makes good Mm. sense. And we do have a food bill. I believe it's called the Food Safety Act, which is going in front of Parliament very soon. And they're Mm. they're talking about exactly what you're talking about. They will outlaw the growing of your own seeds, the trading of your own seeds, Mm. all to keep us safe, of course. And they tried to bring that in in Croatia and France recently. And that's when the – I don't know if you saw the videos of the French – Farmers who not only took to their tractors, but they were out knocking down power poles and they pushing back. back the police with their tractors, literally pushing back. Brilliant. And that Will was we do because they tried to bring that in here. Well, um, again, what's the best use of your energy? Um, mm. If a whole lot of farmers get out and push people around with their tractors, they may feel better temporarily, but does it change anything? We firmly believe that mm. advocacy um, making submissions, the word submission, what does that tell you? In petitions, yeah, sound too um, good. do not create any change. Um, there's supposed rural mm. advocacy groups, Fed Farmers, Dairy NZ, Beef and Lamb. One of our talks in the North Island recently, Owen Jennings, past ACT MP and, and long-time um, National President of Fed Farmers back in the day, stood up. Yeah. One of the first things he said was all these supposed farming advocacy groups, they're already in the tent with the government. When you yeah. begin from in the tent with the government, there's no way you're doing advocacy for the farmers. And that's so true. And don't mm. get me wrong, there's still good people in some of these organisations. There's a handful of good people there who are trying to work hard for the farmers. But at the top levels, they've all sold their souls. They are online with the government. They're there to make the farmers comply. And so compliance won't get us anywhere. With the frog being slowly boiled, they will change the goalposts because the whole thing is to make it impossible to farm, Mm. to make it impossible to pay for all the audits and the fees, to make it impossible to file a resource consents. If you've got land that's more than a 10 degree slope you now have to get a resource consent for to plant a crop you've always planted mm. resource consent backlog time is six months to two years the cost is two thousand to twenty thousand dollars to plant one paddock you know you just make it impossible to farm mm-hmm. impossible it's to be viable it's not yep. sustainable the government mm. has released the rules with the um, overseas investment commission if you're a foreign investor who wants to come in and buy good productive farmland i'm not talking about the steep hilly rubbish stuff to plant mm. your pine forest you could come in and buy perfect arable, um, arable land mm. and it's it's being sold up and planted in pines by the hundreds of thousands yep. of hectares that's a global and issue once that. it's gone it's gone yeah Yep. Terrible. And Shouldn't it, be allowed. Happening in Auckland yeah. too. They're they're putting housing where where for where you should be they should be growing vegetables. Yep, and they're doing that to create a food shortage. Mm. It's very yeah. they're playing the long game. They know what they're doing and they're slowly boiling the frog. They do it little piece by little piece. So unless you keep stepping back and going big picture, you don't realise how clever they are and how they're just taking us there tiny step by tiny step. Yeah. I agree with that. That's what Barry Smith used to say. We're like the frog in the pot. Oh, this is lovely and warm in here. This is nice, isn't it? Yeah. And then it's so warm, then next thing they're cooked. And that's what's Mm. happening with us. Is it too late? Absolutely. 
Do you think it's too late now? I don't, I don't believe it is too late, but we're getting close to too late. Mm. So people have to wake up. Hopefully once they do do their research and get shocked out of their complacency, then they become motivated to do something because we need to do something or we're going to lose our future and we're going to have a horror future for our children and grandchildren. Mm. Um, and so, and then you, and then our third motivation to form AAG was to then supply the resources and the tools and the information so people can take effective action. Now, we've been looking a long time and just about a month ago, we um, were invited to a meeting with a group called Land Freedom and they were some of the best minds in New Zealand who came together to go, what is the best, simplest, most effective way for people to push back and take back their parent authority um, to make their own decisions and not to submit to harmful things? Mm. So, um, and I say that in a completely um, peaceful, nonviolent way, but mm. to, to, to be able to say, no, I do not consent to stuff that is harmful to us in our livelihoods, and nobody wants to wreck the environment. We're all on the page of this is a beautiful planet. We're here to look after it. We're not here oh, to it? trash and destroy they're environmentalists aren't they they are indeed and they're just given so much bad press um false press false narrative in the media let me give you a prime example which makes my blood boil grant when they brought Mm. in the draconian freshwater regulations which will force farmers to um make the nitrate level in the water on their farms 10 times higher than what the safe drinking level is so the streams Yep, and, and, and the government said that we're having to take, you know, this drastic action to get back to pre-human habitation, freshwater standards. Well, you can't do that unless you get rid of the humans, but that's actually their plan. Anyway, but they said that, okay, so the justification for this is that supposedly 60% of our, 60% of our rivers, waterways in New Zealand were unswimmable, undrinkable. That was horrendous. And so, of course, people in the town went, wow, the farmers are horrendous, polluting everything. This is, is why we need these regulations. So not true. So no. I met this statistician who was really angry by that and knew it was untrue and decided he was going to find out how they could say that. And he did his research and discovered that there's approximately 23,000 waterways in New Zealand large enough to be classified as a waterway or a river. And what the government had done is surveyed those 23,000, taken the 2% only of the dirtiest ones and water tested those. Now, of the 2% dirtiest ones, 60% failed. So then they twist a few words and say 60% of our waterways failed the swimming drinkable test. When the truth is, that was 60% of 2%. So the truth would be 1.2% of all the waterways in New Zealand failed the test. Now, 1.2% is a hell of a lot different to 60%. See how you can twist science by leaving out words. They tell us we're creating carbon emissions, but they've left out the the, um, scrublands in New Zealand. If you put those in the equation, we're almost carbon neutral. If you include the grasslands, and one hectare of grassland sequesters more carbon than one hectare of pine trees, but they won't tell you that on mainstream media. If we mm. include the grasslands, we're well into the carbon negative for this country, yeah. yet they're making us slash herds and bringing in methane taxes and all kinds of ridiculous things based on this myth that we are creating climate change by carbon emissions. Mm. A scientist friend did a very detailed equation to find out how much we should be receiving in payment for being carbon credits, carbon negative in New Zealand. He included all the crops, the grasslands, the scrublands, and the certain months of what size the crops were. And he came to the stunning answer grant that we should be receiving $1.2 billion a year in carbon credits. Instead, a government tells us we're producing 80 million metric tons of carbon emissions, which we need to cut to zero. And even that figure that they give you, which is totally untrue, we're carbon negative, but if that was correct in one week, China, one country produces 269 million metric tons of carbon emissions. So that supposed 80 million metric tons is less than 1% of the total world emissions. But if Mm. you do the equation correctly, we don't even produce. We are negative. We are well in the negative in this country. But time and again, they manipulate what the public's being told. All is the Sustained propaganda. um, Sustained propaganda, the methane, the supposed fart tax and, mm. and ruminants burping and farting methane, excuse the language. Mm. Um, and so they tell us this is bad and, and they've just said that they want all dairy farmers to reduce their methane emissions by 15% or they'll be taxed. And if you're an average sized dairy farm, your tax could be $230,000 a year. How many people is that going to put out of business? 
Um, and But if you look at how much methane our ruminants create in the world um, in comparison to the rest of all the methane produced in the rest of the world, if you filled an uh, Olympic-sized swimming pool with the methane produced over the entire world, that would be 250 million litres of water. How much do the ruminants in New Zealand produce out of that 250 million litres? They produce just over one teaspoon. A teaspoon is five mils. They would produce six mils of methane out of 250 million litres. Yet our government is saying we must cut our methane back by 15% or we'll fine all these people, tax them and put them out of business. It's insane, Grant. The only way it makes sense is if you look at the big picture, they're here to eradicate farming. They want, it's insane. They, they want to control the food. Yep. And yep. Because they so, want to control the people. Yep, and take out the farmers first and then mm. cut off the food, the water, the energy shortages. You know, they've shut down Marsden Point. They're removing LPG. They're going to, by 2030, stop importing vehicles that run on fossil fuels. Do you imagine trying to farm, farm? Um, with your electric tractor? Your electric well, tractor saw, will need a 10-ton a battery. Well, I saw a digger. <laughs> I said, yeah, it was an electric digger, you know, earth mover. Oh, and it said, it's fine. Yeah, yeah it worked for two hours. And then, then they said, we're near charging it now. And, then we, and he, mm. we followed the cable around. Did you see that video? They followed the cable around. There was this massive, um, huge, big generator. And he said there'll be eight hours on that, running this big oh diesel generator just to charge it yep. up. It's not sustainable. And where do those solar panels come from if you're out on, in an off-grid situation? They come from China. So we're not, we're yep. not, we're, we're not, um, we've got, we, we have all the resources here. And it's being made yep. every, every every day. We've got oil that's being produced. They can create car, um, oil. Um, it's not it doesn't take millions of years. It, they've done experiments on it. They've they, they can make um, coal in a matter of three weeks. It just has to have the right wow. ingredients, which is heat, moisture, and the product, of course, is wood. It's, wow! Uh, it doesn't take millions of years to. So it's there's so much there's so many minerals that we've got and. Uh, we don't, we don't need to be worrying. You know, all that Carlos days was just a load of nonsense back in the 70s with Robin Mordeaux. And he was probably a globalist as well, if you think about it. Absolutely. They've been yeah. setting this up for a long time. It's a long game plan. And, and each successive government has done their little bit and mm. tweaked a little bit here, a little bit here, created the fear, created the um, poverty mentality. We're going to run out of water. We're going to run out of resources. That yeah. is rubbish. Absolute um, rubbish. And, yeah. and they use fear, fear of a pandemic, fear of global climate crises, mm. fear of, you know, and people, how do people give away their freedoms willingly? When they're fearful, that's when they give them away. And so people are handing them, not only handing away their freedoms, but phoning up and knocking on their neighbours, oh, etc. I mean, the Domestic Terrorism Act, which is um, going to come into effect shortly, basically gives the New Zealand police the same powers that police had in Nazi Germany. Mm. They can just, on suspicion of someone being a future threat to national security, not a threat at the moment, turn up at their house, search it, see anything and anybody and hold them indefinitely without recourse to the legal system or etc I mean that's Nazi mm. Germany it's, yep. it's taking unrivaled off. power yeah where Hitler ended they're, they're taking off from where he ended by the sounds of it yep. it's and it's insane, very overt isn't it it is it is but mm. remedy so, so, so yeah, the, remedy the remedy that we found um, is actually we've just it's quite simple really people first of all have to wake up to what's going on realize that they have the ultimate authority as a living man or woman to say no i do not consent now if you look at every single act that's used by the crown and the crown being the new zealand government mm -hmm. and most people well a lot of people don't realize but that's actually a corporation that is registered on the u.s security exchange it has a company number and it's a corporation therefore all the other departments underneath the government are also corporations, and you can look at some of their, um, if you look them up in some of those overseas registers, you can look at their balance sheets, et cetera. The New Zealand Police, the Ministry of Justice, WINS, IRD, they're all corporations. All corporations, right. Even our councils who have CEOs, they are corporations. Yeah, they do, so they do. Mm. You need, yeah, you need to understand that these guys are all corporations, and then you look at any act they're using and legislation, it says this act binds the Crown. Now, are you the crown as a living man? No. So why do these acts have jurisdiction over us? Okay. Because what has happened is that we have had a 
fake legal identity created for us, which is a corporate under our name when our parents actually registered us at birth. And if you look in a legal dictionary, start looking at all the words you take for granted, look them up in a legal dictionary and see what they mean in the system, in the governmental system. So when you register something, whether you register your car, your dog, your sheep under um, your cattle and, and deer under Nate's system, under when you yeah. register something, register means to transfer ownership. So I don't know if you remember, we used to have ownership papers for our cars. Now we don't. We have registration papers and we pay a oh. registration fee. Oh, our yeah. vehicles are registered. The ownership, when we register them, goes to the government. The registration we fee is the pay each year as a lease fee. Except when they so change these little names, these little, everything's yes. changed. Little tiny step by step. Mm. So what happens is when our surname is written in capitals and then our Christian names and they use our date of birth and our physical address, which is also attached to a piece of paper, a legal, a fee simple title, mm. which represents the land, but it's not land. Um, and when you look in a legal dictionary, land has two meanings. It means the the whenua, but it also means an artificial construct, a piece of paper, a fee simple title. Right. So corp corporations really own only, yeah, corporations only have power over other corporations. They do not have power over anything real of or of substance. And so because we're a living being, a corporation, i.e. government, doesn't have power over us unless we believe they do and give them our authority and they have tricked us into it by creating this legal, this dead legal entity under our name, which we respond to. Go home and look at your passport, your driver's licence, um, your birth certificate, surnames mm. and capitals, yeah. Christian That's names right. in lowercase. Mm. You think of whether you find the power company, the bank or um, anywhere, they say, oh, three, three security questions, ma'am, full legal name, date of birth and address. Once you give those three items, what you're doing is you're recontracting back with them as your legal legal corporate entity is a dead entity because corporations do not have jurisdiction over anything living, anything real. They only have jurisdiction over dead corporate entities. So when we recontract back to them under that legal fictitious entity they've created for us, um, we give them a jurisdiction. That's why I can only say in every act, this act binds the crown. And so what do we do really, then? What do we have to do? Well, well, we have to, to withdraw our consent. And so, for an example, we've got these SNAs, these significant natural areas going on all over the country where councils mm. are sending Letters. not just rural people, urban people as well, saying we are taking this piece of space. Usually 30 to 90% of people's farms is now being designated a significant natural area. When that happens, you have to fence it. You still pay rates on it. You still have to weed control it, but you cannot use it to harvest anything or to graze your livestock on. So if you've just lost 30% of your farm, you've got a big problem. Mm. And so um, then in July, um, um, the Indigenous Biodiversity Act will come out. That will have even tighter rules around what you can and can't do with an SNA piece of land. And so basically it's a land grab. And so people are pretty yeah. concerned about this. Mm. And so, so, for example, what's the tactics that council are using? Number one, council is sending out a letter with the boundary of your land drawn and saying, if there's any errors, please contact us. Now, I think they're deliberately putting some errors in. So people write back and say, oh, no, I've redrawn the boundary correctly. No, as no. soon as you reply, yeah, that's yeah. come out under your legal fictitious name, your title, your legal address, and your may or may not have your date of birth, but it will have an SNA registration number. When you register and use that registration number, you've transferred ownership to them. So that's all tricks to get you to recontract to them. Or there may be a survey form. Please answer the survey of how you want the SNAs to work. As soon as you answer the survey under your fictitious name and your property address and your SNA number, you've mm. just recontracted and given them your jurisdiction. So what you do is you don't reply to those letters. And if there's people coming to your land to survey it, you say, no, you're not allowed access to my land. But you can't say and do nothing because silence is acquiescence, silence is their consent. So okay. what we've done is we're just posting up on our website just this moment, and you'll see it going out under a lot of other platforms as well, is the letter called a Notice of Conditional Acceptance, which you then physically serve upon your council or send by registered mail. You do find that um, on the that, website on our, there. So on our website page, www.aag.org.nz, there's a resources um, is that resources? Page. Okay, got resources. Yep. Yep. And there's a category called SNA. Our IT guys are just posting it up at the moment. And there's a link back to a short blog post where I talk about how to... Sorry, I lost you there, Heather Mary. 
Yeah, so we're on the um, Cinder, uh, the SNA, Significant Natural Areas, on your website. That's um, aag.org.nz under resources. Yes, and you go to the category SNA. There'll also be a a blog post about it as well. You can toggle backwards and forwards. And I've given you a few instructions there. But what you do is you fill in the letter with your name, but don't put your surname. That's your fictitious legal entity. So you put down Harry, John, or whatever your your Christian names are. You don't sign it because, again, putting your signature of that legal fictitious dead entity ties you back into contract with them. So there's nowhere where it says sign it. So you fill in the blanks and then you serve that to them, get a receipt for it, take it in by person or send it by registered mail. So you've got proof of delivery. Can you still send things by registered mail? Yes, you can. It goes okay. in, in, in a or thing courier. that looks like a courier envelope, but it says oh. registered mail. Okay. So um, send that into them, and then they have five days. And if they can come back and prove to you that there is, because what they're doing is they're, it's intent to deceive. If they're trying to get you to use those ways to recontract with them, that's intent to deceive. So once you've made them aware of that, if they continue, then it becomes perjury. But also under contract law, commerce, corporation law, if there's any deceit or fraud involved, then yes, every contract becomes null and void. So yeah. you point out the deceit and the trickery. You say, if you can prove these things, which those 25 items listed as the deceit and fraud, if you can prove that these are not true, then I'll accept your significant natural area jurisdiction to take this land from me. Right. But of course, they can't <laughs> prove it because it's deceit and fraud. So at the bottom, it says, you know, if you don't rebut this, this is full and final and it's taken as consent that, you know, all contracts are rescinded, no consent. So you're saying, you're pointing out their total lack of jurisdiction to come onto your land or to grab your land because they are a corporation. They have no jurisdiction over jurisdiction over, Hmm. yeah, living land and living men and women and living beings. And so you point out the fraud, which nullifies all and every contract that ever was. And basically you just point out the fraud and you turn your back on them. Right, well, um, so, on this page, it's not there yet, so it's coming. Is it? When will it be oh, up yes. there? It should be. Just keep refreshing because okay. the IT guys were just posting it up just before I came on this um, recording with you. Right, so okay. it should be up in the next half an hour. Right, okay, so that's on the aag.org.nz and you go to um, resources, click on resources yes. on the right-hand side and then yes. on the top left you'll see, um, oh, no, it's not the top left now. It's changed. It's moved. <laughs> Where is it now? It's gone. It's so gone if you click on all categories and you look for the click on all categories. Oh, I'm in the blog post. That's right. View blog uh, post. Uh, oh no. Resources. I've, I've really lost it now. I'll go back to resources. Ah, yeah. uh, see, I clicked the wrong one. Resources. Carbons, emission, and climate. Oh, why is it not? I was there before. Just a moment. I'll take the oh, okay. Significant natural areas. Maybe they're just doing it right now, and that's why I'm having trouble with it. Yeah, it's probably just uploading at the moment. Okay, great. And so that's so got the So there will form. be a button that takes you forward and backward to the blog, which also gives you some instructions. Um, Good, right. But, but, yeah, basically, and then we have also on our resources page, there's a section called Living. Yes, and I see if that, you Living look on Man. There, yes, there's a whole lot of other documents which explain the things we're saying in this one. So it's a really good idea to read through those documents under the oh. Living Man section and get your head around um, the fact that the, that they that a huge massive deception, worldwide deception of creating dead legal entities for peoples that corporations have power over people and, and governments them. are corporations. Mm. Yeah. Right. And the only power and authority they have, I mean, it, it tells you both the police act and the government, it says that this is by consent. So we, the people, it's when we just consent by saying or doing nothing or give away our authority to these people mm. that they have the jurisdiction to do whatever they want. And it's, it's forward. There has never been complete disclosure and we have been tricked constantly into recontracting with them by using these various means. And so as soon as it becomes apparent, and you, you, you just look at everything with new eyes, every letter that comes to you, how it's addressed, are they using a title and your surname and capitals? Hmm. Are, are people asking you for your full legal name, date of birth and place of residence? That recontracts you as a dead legal entity with them. You know, it's insane. And a lot of people at councils or working in all kinds of these agencies have no idea. They're also right. they just think um, misled. People like you are difficult. You're just being difficult. 
Yeah. So it's, you know, once we start to educate people and go in and have meetings with people and sit down, hey, council, come and meet with us. We want to share information about this. And people become horrified. They realise they're part of a massive fraud doing that. harm you to people. Council people in the council saying, wow, we didn't realise what we were actually involved in. Yes, one of the guys from the Land Freedom Group, which is another great website to look at. It's just getting more information put up now. So that's all about the stuff I'm talking about. Mm. Um, and that's landfreedom.net is their website. So it's going to get yeah. to the point where yeah. you can go in there and book a training and people the length of New Zealand can get a training on what I'm talking about to make it just a short training, maybe three or four hours to get your head around right. and to be shown the proof and the X and et cetera, what I'm talking about. So, but the guys, meetings, um, haven't you? Yeah, we, AAG has had about 80 meetings the length of right. New Zealand. So we've only just begun teaching this new information. We've taught it about four times now because it's this group, Land Freedom, have just come together and masterminded what, how can we keep it simple, stupid? What's yeah. the basic, most important information, which is going to be the most effective for people? Let's take away all that other inf- interesting information, which they don't need to know, and go, what is the bones of what is the basic fraud? How do we point it out? And how do people step out of this harmful situation? And so we've condensed it down. And one of the guys who was at that meeting who put this together, he sat down with his local council, which was about 180 employees, had a meeting with them all and, and t- showed them the fraud and 120 of them left their jobs. Good, great. This is how powerful it is. Oh, I know. Is this is oh, how powerful it is. Would you know, the, a, a majority a, of people are good. 80% of the population are good. And if and you, you point out it. the truth, they'll do the right thing. Yeah. Right. Now, with the farmers, back to the farmers and the aag.org.nz, yep. what, yep. sort of, uh, what sort of a response have you had from the farmers? I mean, are they all on board or is it like percentage-wise, what, what would you say? Because in any war, like with the, the war in America, because this is a war, the war of 1776, mm. um, yep. 30% of the people fought against the British. 30% were with the Tories, and 30% said, we'll just wait and see how this thing pans out. So only 30% were actually uh, um, uh, you know, involved in the resistance. Um, right. What's, is it like that, the same with the farmers, or are they, are they all on board, or are some of them just sitting back and... There's a few who have been sitting on the fence, but there's, you know, the government is just pouring out legislation and crazy things, six, up to $6,000 um, tax on farm utes that tradies and farmers and agricultural people need because they've said it's in, people who own these utes, it's an inappropriate use of a vehicle. How ridiculous. You know, there's things where people are going, we know things are not right. And so they come along to our meetings. And I mean, the things that AAG talk about is really, um, Rob calls us the pointy end of the spear. So mm. we're talking about stuff which people are like, oh my gosh, the agenda, the World Economic Forum, the Great Reset, you know, um, the crazy things that are happening overseas that will happen here with needing to register all your animals, all those kind of things. Mm. Without, you know, um, And so there's more conservative rural groups like Groundswell and Rural Network um, rural advocacy and Zed who are focusing more on the legislation, still trying to work with MPs and fed farmers and taking a much more conservative approach. Now, those guys are doing a great job because what we're talking about is too radical for some people. And so they will join those other groups and, you know, we're all working for the same cause to mm. see we together to see the agricultural sector survive into the yeah. future of New Zealand. So whether you're going the conservative approach or whether you're, you know, we sort of believe that that more conservative approach isn't going to get results, mm. but they're still doing a really good thing, and it might get some results, so good on them. They're running in their lane, we're running in theirs, we're all part of one team running to save the agricultural industry in New Zealand. So um, all kudos and encouragement to them, but we need to be making as many people as we can aware of what the big picture is now. Our meeting numbers, we've had around 80 meetings. They started at around, you know, 20 to 50 might be a big meeting. Mm-hmm. Our biggest meeting so far has been 250 in the Nelson area. Good you know, more and more people are flocking in and more and more people are signing up for our newsletter and getting online and watching our liveies on Facebook and visiting the website because – more and more farmers are being jolted out of, well, it's not so much even complacency, but they're totally snowed under with work, financial pressure, audit mm. requirements. You know, they're just, there isn't enough hours in the day or days in the week for them to do everything they need to do. They are being drowned, which is the government's um, you know, whole aim. Mm. Yes. So, but more and more of them are, are coming to meetings and to their credit, they sit there and if they haven't heard any of the stuff we're talking about, to have it all unloaded on you in one hit, 
will absolutely explode your brain and they mm. sit there and we feel so bad that we are kind of traumatizing them with what we're saying but they sit there and listen because they have this burning need to know the truth and they go away and they start to process they look at some of our links they do some of their own research and then they contact us and go oh my god I thought you were crazy when I listened to your talk and I've gone home and started looking and I can see what you're talking about and so that's the thing people are waking up and the encouraging thing Grant is if you look through history the tipping point to have to create change is just we only need 15, one five yeah. percent yeah, of the right. population that's to right. know something and to not just be sitting at home writing emails about it, to be standing up, proclaiming it, talking to their neighbours, like to be passionate about it. If you get 15% passionate of the population, a change will occur and that's not that hard to reach. We can do that. We've got um, all the different freedom groups. You know, our talks will have... Voices for Freedom and local freedom groups who will be going, oh, are you having a talk? We'll let our members know. And so every group who can see the communistic move and the demolition of our freedoms and rights in New Zealand, every single group like that, we all just, if we all just um, share each other's meeting notices and help however we can, we're actually uniting right across the spectrum. You know, our, we all have different lanes we're running in. And if we stay in our lane and focus on our demographic and that group we communicate with best but we're running as part of a big team we can achieve massive things and you know we are the 99 percent the elite globalists who are trying to create this catastrophic change are one percent if we just wake up even a few of us and stand up and say no we do not consent you know you have no jurisdiction or authority and we turn our back on that system and stand in our own authority that's going to create massive change and I mean you can take that to the to the final degree by choosing to go allodial on your land. That's something a little bit further down where you, you know, you take your land title right out of their paper system. Is but that hard even to do? Without, yes and no. It's it's a pretty easy thing to do, and its information will be releasing a bit later as as um, people get more experience under their belts. Mm. But basically, I, I mm. yeah, I think you don't even need to, as you stand under your own jurisdiction and authority that they cannot enter your property without your consent. They cannot force legislation on you when their legislation only binds the crown and you are not the crown, you are a living man or woman. You know, about, we can stand up to it. What about when the dog guy comes and just walks onto your property? Well, he just needs to be sat down, given a cup of tea and explained why he has no jurisdiction, why the um, company he believes he's representing is a fraud. And so that's why it's really important for people to understand the same basic knowledge that we're using to to expose the fraud around the SNA legislation fits mm. every single government department, every single, whether it's the policeman, the fireman, the MPI guy, who, whomever. And most people, if you're just polite and friendly and say, well, leave your head at the boundary and come in as yourself and have a cup of tea with me, I need to speak to you about what's going on here. And if you, you know, show that person the fraud and the deceit and the harm, you can guarantee that most people will just pick up their hat and walk away and go back and have a flipping good talk to their supervisor or the place where they work and ask some really hard questions to them. What's the best way to educate farmers? Do you, do you have sort of like clinics where you can teach them how to well, um, educate the people they're going to be dealing with at the coalface? Absolutely. The the whole, this whole land freedom group. So Mm. that website that's just gone live and it probably doesn't have the meetings function open, um, working yet, but there will be the ability to request a meeting wherever you are in New Zealand. And there will be local trainers and people who can come and give you that knowledge. And the really important thing though, Grant, is if one or two people try to do this and stand up, they'll just be shot down. They'll be bullied, harassed, fined, imprisoned, whatever it takes to shut them up and put them off. But when we have a massive amount of people all knowing the truth and everybody stands up together and backs each other up, if the if the um, the squad of five arrive at your property and knock on your door, you ring your neighbours and they physically turn up and stand there with you, then we can't be bullied when we stand together. It's, it's all about numbers. And the people who have brought the information to the Land Freedom Group and, and formulated this, um, this approach – they are the ones who have been the forerunners, who have been bullied, harassed, and um, paid the price over, you know, 10 to 20 years. They've proven this knowledge is correct, and they have stood up to intimidation, and and they've come together to say, out of all the knowledge we carry, 
what can we boil it down to? What is the bare bones of what people, the average person needs to know and understand to stand up to every kind of tyranny we're facing in this country at the moment? Yeah. And I mean, the the sad fact is that as the Domestic Terrorism Act comes into um, effect, and we've also got the government talking about the internet filtering bill, and they're going to start even more censoring social media, et cetera, people like myself and other groups who are trying to speak the truth will get literally taken out um, one way or another, imprisoned, gagged, however they decide they're going to do it. They will try to stop the truth getting out at all costs. So what we need to do is be, is be getting the truth and um, spreading the information as far and as wide as we can before they now. clamp down on it. Yeah. Yep, do it now. Right, okay. And so what can city folk do? What I encourage city folk to do is get on sites like AAG Read and become familiar with what's happening. Join groups like um, Voices for Freedom or your local. There's a whole lot of freedom groups. There was one after when we go and do a talk somewhere as AAG, we encourage the local people to keep meeting after we've gone. We pass around a list, say, someone take it home, ring and start meeting because there's a good document under Living Man called Things to Consider. Now, you need to be aware that in the not-too-distant future, the banks will collapse, um, that obviously food will become shorter, that water's going to be controlled with the three waters, centralisation of the water, etc. And so whole communities, especially urban communities, need to have plans about how are we going to look after each other, who's got a backyard, who can grow what, how do we do, do we... um, when you realise that councils who are corporations can't own any land, then any domain, reserve, etc., cetera, um, any supposed crown land can be used to plant vegetable gardens and grow sustenance. So there's a okay. whole lot of things that communities need to begin meeting again. Doing the opposite, the government has um, destroyed our sense of community. They have centralised everything. We decentralise it. We want to see the power go back to the people and the communities. And there's all kind of groups there's groups in the Nelson area, um, Nelson Tasman, who have been meeting for several years now and talking about alternative currencies and mm. and food co-ops and just you know talking to the people in your building or on your street. But getting aware, the best thing anybody can do, I'd say, is be smash their television set almost oh, literally. Absolutely, if you've got that, um, you haven't got a chance. Yes, looking at it's that, it's full of propaganda and lies. Mm. I felt like I needed news. to wear a mask yesterday after watching Oof. TV. I don't watch television, and I saw. I felt like, well, oh, maybe the vaccines are safe. Oh, well, maybe oh. maybe I do need a mask. <laughs> what I can't understand is people like. Fauci and people like um, Bloomfield, I've got recordings of them, videos of them saying, well, you can wear a mask if you like, but it's not going to do you any good. And this is at exactly. the start. So it's as though they didn't That's really know the what start. the plan was as well, isn't it? They've been educated exactly. themselves on how to do things. And the thing is, this, there's, there's some kind of, I, I hesitate, I don't even want to call it a, a moral compass or whatever that the globalists have, mm-hmm. but they <laughs> believe that they need to tell us what they're going to do. And if we're too stupid to believe it or or to take any notice, then it, then that's implied consent. If they say to us, you know, we're going to do this or, mask, hey, masks don't really work. And then they start going, fear, 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 must wear a mask, must wear a mask. And I'm using that as an example. Um, then, then they can say, "Well, you know, we told you they don't work. You know, they've got their out. We have done nothing, and our silence has been our consent." So, you will find that they will give us heads up of what they're doing, etc., in advance, and people will just ignore it or think it's too far out there and just disregard it. But they, if they've said it, and we've said nothing, implied consent. So that lets them off the hook. They then think that they have no accountability or liability, um, which is not true. A lot of um, um, farmers, you know, you would think, why would a farmer vote for Labour? And it's out the, I don't know whether it's propaganda or whether it's true, but you'll have a better idea because I'm sure you would have asked the question. Um, Some farmers are saying, this is what I hear, that farmers are saying, well, we voted for Labour because we didn't want the Greens to get in. Is that a, is that, that, fair that to was say? a story in stuff. That was a story in stuff. Right. And um, so we started asking the multitudes of farmers we speak to, and there was only one person who was actually a horticulturist and a woman who said, Oh, yes, I did that. Everybody else, when we say, Did you vote red, they tell us to beep off. Mm. As if they would. And so, yeah, so when you look at, I don't believe there's been a straight election in the world for the last couple of decades at least. You know, we had similar, yeah, similar software companies involved here who were involved in America. And 
you know, seriously, as some political statistician said, it was it was statistically impossible for the result to happen that did in the South Island. You Wasn't know, seventeen electorates all voted Labour, and don't you think every, it's a bit strange? Every single one, <laughs> yeah. every single electorate in the South—that's statistically impossible. In an you know, MMP I've, situation, I've yet, yeah, I've yet to meet any farmer who has voted Labour. Voted Labour, yeah, I can't understand it myself. Um, so that means we've got so we've you know, just so like really the media we've got to sort that out. Propaganda and the only source of truth. You're right. So don't you think we've got to sort well, out if there was election fraud? It's a waste we need to of to the Well, I would just let it go because I think there's been election fraud for decades, and the answer none of the current political, even if you had a different political party, and we'd still be exactly where we are because they're all on the same, they're all operating in the same playbook. They've they all care. sold out to the globalists. Right. So, so if you yeah, want to check so the election, the political system is not the answer. <laughs> did you know that if you want to do a recount, you've got only six months because the paper ballots, if there are any, because they're trying mm. to change that now with the help of COVID, are destroyed. Um, they're destroyed after six months. Now we've got to keep our yep. banking details for the accountant and for the for the tax, the IRD, for seven years, isn't it? For seven years. So yep. they only have seven to keep years. it for for six months and then you have to pay this yep. thousands of dollars and it's something like almost a quarter of a million dollars if you want to do a recount of the whole show, shooting box well that's wrong isn't yep. it that just keeps it you is. out stops it you is. from checking yep. their fraud yep so, yep. okay Absolutely. so you, you're not, you're, do you know of anyone that's investigating that election fraud in New Zealand there was a few people who were trying to do that the the ballots have already been um, destroyed. destroyed. So there's no way yeah, of checking. Yeah, destroyed a couple of weeks ago, so there's no way no. of checking. But, you know, I've worked managing um, voting booths a, a couple of years in a row prior to oh. the last election, and they're counted very stringently, but then the, the manager of the booth gets on the telephone, rings the total through. Now, whoever receives that total enters it in a computer. Do they enter the correct total? When it's no in the checking. computer, what happens with the commuter's software? Exactly. And that's Once it goes in the computer, that's, in the USA. Yeah, Once it's in it. the computer, they can do whatever they want. Yeah, I'm with you. So, okay. yeah, there's, so there's a myriad of places. Yeah. So, um, yeah. don't you think it's important, though, that we get to the bottom of that? Or do you think it's impossible to stop them? No, I, th I think there's better places to use our energy. I mean, literally, we are in the midst of um, being funneled into the slaughterhouse here in New Zealand, yep. the communist, globalist, World Economic Forum slaughterhouse where people will be pushed into bankruptcy um, and and have their right to even live on the land. The plan, if you delve far enough into the UN agenda, is to move people into super cities right. and have wilderness zones, human exclusion zones. Yeah. Um, they're already talking about New Zealand making all dockland human exclusion zones as well. They're talking about that here. And people say that's ridiculous. And next minute, in comes some legislation with some weird stuff in it. They say, oh, we'd never, we'd never implement that. Two minutes later, they're implementing, they're implementing that. It. You know, well, and Liz would love that, Liz Lambert, because she'd say if it's not being occupied, you can go in and claim it for a loadial title. Well, well, <laughs> anything owned say. by the crown is is not owned because a corporation cannot own anything that's real and living. So mm. people can claim under a loadial; they can claim whatever they want. Um, mm. But you need to make sure you're fully schooled up before you go and do anything, and that you have support because. They will. They won't take this sitting down. No, they um, won't. They no. will come in and, and try and squash any successful examples of people doing their thing. But if you're on your own land, stand up, claim your supreme authority, prove their lack of jurisdiction because of the fraud and at their corporations. And that's what this landfreedom.net website. Okay. You'll be able to get the training to go in, and that's the basis of the SNA letter, which is going up on our website tonight. So. Those 25 points there point out the fraud. And if people read that go, oh, I don't really understand this, jump under the living man section. There's background and explanation. Get on okay. the landfreedom.net website and, and order a training. And if that facility is not available yet, it will be up in the next week, I'd imagine, because those guys want to um, have the training for anybody all over New Zealand. Whoever wants to see and know can, okay. can um, get trained up and stand behind because – no piece of paper is a piece of paper is only a piece of paper. You can put it in somewhere, but unless you understand that knowledge right in your heart and your being, and you can mm. stand in the truth, then you're going to fail. Doesn't matter how good a piece of paper you've got, if you don't understand that and stand in the truth of it with every fiber of your being, you'll just be walked all over and, and you know um, harassed until you capitulate. But you need to understand the truth of what we're saying. 
and the authority that we have, the complete mm. lack of jurisdiction that they have, and then you can stand strong with support around you and just say, no, we do not consent, null and void. Right. So that's the, that's the next thing is that it's, it's going to be very stressful for a lot of people. And some of them, I would say, would be emotionally very stressed out. A lot of farmers, they've got a lot mm. to lose. They've got a lot mortgaged. Um, yes, is there that and, sort and of the support is, there for them? Um, oh, absolutely. And the thing is, if people do nothing, they're going to lose everything. Yeah. If you get off your chuffy and um, get to some meetings or some trainings and mm. um, find yeah, out what the truth trained, is, then you'll have properly. yeah you'll have the Drilled. knowledge to to fight to keep what we've got in this country. And if we all do nothing, we'll lose everything. The state will own everything. It'll be like communist China, and those of us who remain will be just herded around on a UBI universal basic income and penalised if we do anything the state doesn't like, and it, life will be something I don't want to live. It's not living, is it? Um, it's not living. It's servitude. Well, that's really yeah. good. Um, so that we're talking with, um, speaking with Liz Mary um, Pennycook. I've got that right, haven't I? Um, Heather Mary? Sorry, Heather. Did I say no. Liz? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Heather Mary Pennycook uh, from the Agricultural Action Group, and their website is um, Agricultural Action Group. You can just type it in aag.org.nz, and they've got all the resources, and they're getting more all the time. So it's important whether you're a city person or whether you're a rural, if you're a farmer, no matter what sort of sector and farming that you're into, um, you need to go and look at that website and um, and familiarise yourself with it and get some help from these people who are, I suppose you're, you're not being paid a huge salary. <laughs> not being paid question. at all. We're doing it voluntarily. <laughs> yeah, oh, I thought you would be. Yeah, oh, that's fantastic. Well, thank you very much for joining us and thank all the very best. Thank you so much for having us, Grant. Thank you.